It's great to be with family. It's great to be with you this morning. And uh, greetings and Happy New Year from, uh, from our East London uh, Elim hub uh, in Barking and East Ham and Dagenham. Uh, they send their greetings to you this morning. Where's the lady that led worship you? Um, do you mind if I share a, a word? Uh, do you mind if I share a word? <laughs> I, I just really believe when you were leading worship this morning, there was such a powerful anointing upon you. And uh, I don't know, you said it often, I don't know whether this is a prophetic word or what, but um, it's a word, I believe, that is for you, and if it's just a word of encouragement, then great, but you need to keep on keeping on, my sister. You need to keep on fixing your eyes on Jesus, and you need to keep that worshipful heart. Um, I've never been led by worship by you before, um, that I know of, um, and I just want to encourage you to keep on, keep on worshipping uh, but protect your heart. I believe there was a warning in what I felt the Lord wanted to say to encourage you, protect your heart, um, but keep on keeping on. Keep on worshipping. Keep on leading worship. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I, I was blessed by not only you leading worship and the songs that you've chosen, uh, but also by... I believe they were prophetic words that you shared. Uh, they, were, they were a word for me, the one, one of them, the one about Jericho and walking around and praising. That was a word for me. And so, thank you. Keep on, my sister. Amen. Let's come around the word of God this morning, shall we? Um, thank you, Father. Spirit of the living God fall afresh on me Spirit of the prepared for you this morning. It was uh, one of those uh, really nice, um, encouraging, beginning of a new year, uh, kind of getting us to uh, refocus on what is ahead, and uh, I got that already, and, and then yesterday the Lord said, no, uh-uh, um, Maybe I wasn't listening to him in the first place at the beginning of the week. But he, yesterday he said, no, he won't, I believe that he wants to share the word that um, I believe I've got for you this morning. And the title of the word is 
Attack. Attack. There was once a boxer who, had, who was being pummeled in the ring by his opponent. And blow after blow by his adversary, he left him with a, a bloody nose and swollen eyes, an enormous amount of pain. The battered boxer's training, trainer, trying to encourage his man between the rounds, you know when they kind of get to the, the corner and they kind of wash the face and, and, the, and the, the, the trainer gets to him and he, he, he kept telling him, you're doing great, you're doing great, he's not touching you, you're doing great, keep on keeping on, you're doing great, he's not touching you. To which the boxer replied, then you better keep your eye on that referee because someone is knocking me out out there. (laughs) You know, no amount of smooth talk, no amount of nicety can camouflage the reality that this man was in the middle of a fight. And in the same way, there's nothing that any one of us can say that can camouflage the reality that we are in a battle. We're in a battle. In the same way, you and I are engaged in a battle. And it is real, church. It is real. It's not just something that we hear about in other parts of the world. It is happening right here, right now. The battle is real. And we know that we are facing a real opponent. Because many of us, many of us bear the painful scars of the conflict that we are in. If you're wanting to move forward with God, there is a battle to be won. If we are wanting to move forward with God as individuals and as a church, there is a battle to be won in 2023. There's a battle ahead. Many of you are experiencing that battle right now. Let me read to you from the scriptures. By the way, when the Lord... Was, was, was speaking to me yesterday, I was, I have to confess, I was a little bit nervous. Because I recognize that if I am to be speaking about such subjects, and, and those of us that preach in this room know what I'm talking about, because when, whatever message I preach, you can guarantee the next day and the days ahead, I am going to be tested in. And so I'm very, very aware that as I bring this message to you, There's going to be some testing. There's going to be some attack on the horizon for all of us. Ephesians chapter 6. If you've got a Bible, please turn to it. Otherwise, I'll just read it out. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 and 12. We all know this passage, and I'm reading from the NIV. Paul writes this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on... The part armor of God. How much? The full armor of God. Turn to your neighbor and say the full armor of God. 
so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Once again, Father, we ask that you bless your word, and that you speak to us, and that your spirit may fall and rest upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. As we move forward in this year, we have to realize that you and I are at war. We're under attack. And, and to think anything else would be, to be quite honest with you, foolish. If you were living in Ukraine right now, to say that we are not in a war would be foolish. Hey? Because you can see the, 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 the beaten down, blown up buildings. You know about the many stories of people's lives who have been lost. You know the reality, if you're living in Ukraine, that you are right now in a war. As Christians, from the moment you gave your life to Jesus, you began that war. You were engaged in the mother of all battles. No war in history can compare with the battle that we're fighting. It can either be the cause of the greatest joy for you as a Christian, or it can be our deepest pain. But the reality is, we are in a war. Of course, I'm talking about a spiritual war that we're part of. From that moment, we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. And it affects every area of our life. There is no way we can avoid this conflict. No way that we can avoid the conflict. However, we can avoid being a casualty. Let me say that again. There's no way we can avoid the war, but we can avoid being a casualty. Because in any battle, it's important to know our enemy. In any war, one side has to take a long time to work out their enemy, to understand their enemy. We know that, that in previous wars that we've been involved in, in this country, that the leaders of our nation would have spent a long time trying to understand, trying to work out the enemy that they are facing. To understand their moves, to understand how they think, to understand how they work. In order to get victory, they need to understand their enemy. And in the spiritual warfare that you and I face, it's very much the same. The more we know and the more we understand the tactics of our enemy, the more on guard you and I will be. And the more able you and I are to resist his attack. I've read a number of books on spiritual warfare, as I'm sure many of you have over the years. But there's one book that particularly stands out for me, and it's called The Spirit of Python. And it's written by a man called Jensen Franklin. I recommend it. 
In it, he describes our enemy as a python, as a snake. A python. Now, I don't know whether much of you, many of you know about what a python is, or does, rather. A python does one thing. He's after one thing. Your breath. And what he does is he slowly coils himself around the victim. Slowly. At first. And he begins to squeeze the very life out of the prey. Little by little. And as it, as, it, as it grips, gets tighter and tighter, it chokes and eventually suffocates its prey until all the air has been taken away from the prey's body. And this book says that that is exactly what Satan is like. He is like a python who grabs his prey, who gets his prey, who slowly chokes the very life out of its prey. Out of you. Out of the church. John chapter 10.10 says this in the NIV. The thief, Satan. The thief comes only to kill, steal and destroy. The enemy has one thing. It's to squeeze the very life out of you. Because we know that Jesus came to give us life. And life to the full. And the enemy resents that. And he wants to squeeze that very life out of you. He wants to steal, to, to kill, and to destroy you. Many years ago, suffering from a heart attack or, or a stroke would have given you very little chance of survival, hey? Many years ago. It would have probably meant that you would die if you had had a stroke or if you'd have had a heart attack. Because perhaps many of us didn't know what was going on. Perhaps many of us ignored the symptoms. We didn't really understand what this pain in the heart was or what this feeling was as we got numb down the side of our... Whatever it may be, whatever the symptoms are. But over years, through media awareness, through campaigns, we now recognize the common signs of having a heart attack. Maybe some of you here have had a heart attack, or maybe some of you have had a stroke, and you've been saved because you recognize the signs in time and were able to do the necessary arrangements. The common warning signs, such as discomfort and pressure in the center of your chest, pain in the arms, a shortness of breath. And spreading the awareness of these warning signs greater increased the chances of our survival. So much so that today the levels, the rates of survival, of having a heart attack or a stroke, are much greater than what they ever were before. In a similar way, 
many of us seem to be blinded by spiritual attack. The reason why is because we don't understand or recognize the signs, the warning signs. It is essential that if we are to survive the attack of the enemy and not be like a casualty, and let's face it, many of us know many of the casualties, eh? I I can think of several right now, just in a split second, of people who were going on with Jesus, who were going on really strong with the Lord, and are now nowhere. Because what happened? They allowed the enemy to come and to suck out the life from them. And they didn't recognize the warning signs. They didn't know. Or maybe they chose not to. So it's, it's essential for us in 2023, as we move forward into this year, to understand and recognize the warning signs for survival. And so I've got six warning signs of attack. Okay, are you ready? So if you're writing notes, write down these, or get your phone out and just make a note to yourself. Send yourself a text or whatever it is, or send someone a text and then you've got it. Okay, are we ready? Number one. Number one sign of attack is your appetite for God. The goal of any spiritual attack is to turn you away from what God wants in your life. One thing the enemy does is to Turn our eyes away from Jesus. To take us away from God. To give us a loss of spiritual hunger. To to lose our passion for Jesus. To, To take away our desire to be in his presence. My challenge is, are are, are we wanting to spend more and more time with God? Do we seek after God? Do we long to be in his presence? I spoke about that the last time I was here. Longing to be in his presence. Seeking after God. Psalm 63 verse 1 says this. You God are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. Are you earnestly seeking after God? You know, losing that desire to be with God, it it rarely happens deliberately. We we don't make a a decision, okay, I'm going to spend less time with God. You know, this year, I'm sure for you, your New Year's resolution was not, I'm going to spend less time with God. I'm sure for many of us, it was, I'm going to spend more time with God. But losing that spiritual desire for God's presence, it it never happens deliberately. We're not intentional about that. It doesn't just happen overnight. It it doesn't happen quickly. It, It happens slowly. Life issues come in. 
We begin cutting, spending our time with God in the mornings or in the middle of the day or the evening because of this or that pressure. Before you know where you are, you're, 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 you're too busy to, to, to read, you're, you're too busy to pray. You're, 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 you're not interested in wanting to pick up your Bible and, and hear what God wants to say to you. You start feeling disconnected when you pray. What's all this about? Why, why am I spending this time? There's that disconnect. And then you spend less and less time praying. Soon you find reasons not to be at church. Maybe the children need to be taken to a football match. Or football training, whatever it is. Or maybe you've got a, a job on a Sunday morning that, that means that you no, can no longer attend church on Sunday. Or maybe there are other interests that come in. in, in. And maybe, maybe you're just too tired. Maybe you've had a bad night, Saturday night, and Sunday morning you're just not there. You're just not ready to get up. The list is endless. The list is endless. And slowly and surely, our passion for God is sucked out of us or squeezed out of us. We begin finding enjoyment in the things of the world rather than the things of God. Oh, don't ever say, that will not happen to me. Don't ever say, that will never happen to me. Because that's when you need to worry. Number two, tiredness. First one was a lack of appetite for God. Secondly, tiredness. The second warning sign is constant physical tiredness. Fatigue. We need to remember we were created, we are created beings. We're soul, spirit, soul, and body. If my body is weak, it allows the things of my mind, my soul, it gets into my mind, and then it can affect my spirit. If we're physically tired, it affects not only our physical bodies, it affects our mind, the way we think. It it then affects our spirit, our soul, who we are in, in God. It affects every part of us. Let's think of some examples in Scripture. Let's look at Elijah as an example of what I'm talking about. Now, he had this great victory in battle, didn't he? killing 850 prophets of Baal and Asherah. And then Jezebel sends, sends a message to say she's going to kill him in 24 hours. Within 24 hours. Worn down. After the great battle that he'd had, this great man of God. What does he do? He flees, he runs. He's worn down, he's tired. What does he say? I want to die. He was tired, I believe. And this fear of this woman Jezebel made him so defeated that he cries out to God that he wants to die. 
Now, why was that? I believe it was because he'd had this great victory and it, he was tired. The only difference between earlier and, and now was that he had gone through the battle. He was now tired. 1 Kings 19 verse 4 says this, While he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to the broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Can you believe this? This great man of God had had this great victory, and now he hears about this woman wanting to come and kill him, and all of a sudden he's like, I want to die. Why is that? I simply personally believe it was because he was tired. And therefore the thought of this woman, this Jezebel, was enough. Tiredness left Elijah open to attack. We need to be aware that one of the main ways that the enemy works is to keep us busy. Come on. It's to keep us busy. And many of us feel guilty about taking time off. That one of the things there was about taking a, a vacation, and some of you laughed. Take a vacation. We need to rest more. In fact, I had my, my first team meeting with, with our team on, on this week, on, on Thursday actually. And one of the things I began by saying to them all was that guys and girls, because we have ladies as well, you know what? We need to rest more this year. I don't just mean taking more days off or whatever, but the time that we have, we need to find time to rest more. We need to ensure, some of our team are young, but you had Pastor Jones here last week, I know you've had John Lucas, some of our team are young, and they think that they can stay up till all hours in the morning and, and then get up in the... Guys... It means going to bed early. It, it means getting into a routine. It means resting. It means physically enabling yourself to be at rest. It means, yes, spiritual rest in the presence of God, but rest. What is it Jesus says? Come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. rest. It's important to God that we rest physically, mentally, and spiritually resting. We need to rest. So often we get so tired. I can tell you the times when I've been vulnerable to attack and given in and became defeated under attack was the time where I was tired. Eighteen months or so ago in our church we had we had about four or five people that were causing some trouble. I won't say who they were or what they were, but it was, it was a really hard time for Joe, my wife, and I. And I have to say, I, I felt almost defeated because of it. It felt like I was Elijah and Jezebel was... around the corner. It exactly felt like that. And I remember saying, I've had enough. 
You know, we've been through COVID. We've been through this. We've been, and now we've got this. People that we love, people that we care for. I've had enough. I was tired. I was tired. And at that moment, had I not have had the support of amazing brothers and sisters around us, at that moment, I would have probably given in to the attack of the enemy because I was tired. We must rest. God commands that we rest. Number three, temptation. Our third warning. There are times in our life when all the resources seem to dry up. When there are bills to pay, the washing machine breaks down, the car needs fixing, the kids get sick. Watch out. Because we could be under attack. Because the enemy desires more than anything else to get our eyes off God as our provider. And to put our attention on worry. On worry. To put our attention on money. And manner. And things. And stuff. If he can get us worrying rather than worshipping, he's winning. And we are facing a difficult year ahead in terms of financial situation. Many of us. And many of us in our community, many of the people in your communities are facing that difficulty. And many Christians, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're also vulnerable to suffering in that way, you know? We're not immune to having financial difficulties just because we're Christians, but the reality is, will you worry, or as we heard this morning, will you praise? Will you worry, or will you worship? The one thing the enemy wants to stop you doing is worshipping. That is why, in many churches, in my experience, if the enemy is going to get in some way within a church, it's to the worship team, in my experience. So that's why I say, Guard your heart. And those of you who are involved in worship, guard your hearts. Because the enemy, the enemy wants to take your eyes off Jesus. He wants to stop you from worshipping God. Because guess what? He was the worshipper. <laughs> that was his job. And now he's no longer that. And he wants to try all that he can to stop you from worshipping and so he'll bring in worry. He'll bring in stuff. He'll bring in guilt to make you feel guilty so you can't come into the presence of God. He'll put things in your path. He'll put temptations on in your way to stop you from worshipping God. Anything that he possibly can, he will do to stop you from being in the presence of God. I know how it works. You get tempted to do something, you fall into sin, you fall into temptation, and before you know where you are, you feel guilty, therefore you can't come in the presence of God. You can't worship because you feel so bad about what you've done or said or thought. Be aware of temptation. 
enemy can orchestrate things to give you what you are looking for. But there is always a catch. There is always a catch. There's always a deal that he wants to do with you. Number four. He wants to attack your aspiration. Are you feeling overwhelmed by your circumstance? It could be a sign that you're under attack. It's one of the tricks that the enemy uses to plant seeds of a bad attitude. An attitude, I may have said this many times before, an attitude is a pattern of thinking. It's a bad pattern of thinking. And the enemy wants to use all that he can to make your thinking stinking. To give you a bad attitude. Thoughts like, what's the use? Why do I even bother? Come on. Don't sit there looking all holy. (laughs) Nothing is changing. Nothing's changing in my life. Why? All those thoughts... All these hopelessness thinking. What's the point? Breeds this lack of aspiration and brings in this hopeless situation that you often feel yourselves in. Frustration takes hold. And before you know where you are, you're in a hopeless situation. And you just feel like throwing the towel in and running away. If that's you, you're under attack. Let me let you into even more part of my life. We're okay, we're safe here, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, I can can share stuff with you. It's not going to go to Dave Campbell or anyone like that, is this? (laughs) The last time I was here was in October. About two weeks before I, I, I came here, I don't think I shared this with you then, but two weeks before I came here, I started having tinnitus in my ear. And at that moment, I didn't think much of it. I'd gone to the doctor, and, and it was some earwax that was in my ear, and I was going to have to get it removed, and I thought it was all going to be fine. Three months later, I still have this incredibly annoying, annoying tinnitus or tinnitus in my ear. It is a constant humming, buzzing noise in my head. And in this ear particularly, it's like a bird chirping away throughout the day. Now, it may, it may seem like nothing to you, but it has been debilitating to me in, in a sense that I've struggled to sleep, I've struggled with counseling situations, I've been struggling to concentrate I've been struggling with writing my messages for Sunday. It's been a constant frustration. And, and I've had all the people in our church and in our hub praying for me and, and saying amazing things to me and God is healing you and all that great stuff that you would say to one another. And it's great and it's lovely and it's encouraging and I don't want people to stop that. But let me tell you, up until five days ago, four days ago, I was still in that same situation. 
Someone said to me, oh, you know, you're going to pass into the new year and it's going to go. I'm like, and on the 31st of, 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 of December at our New Year's watch night service, I'm like, come on, God. This is it. This is it. Come on. Come on. The next morning was a Sunday. I'm still there. In fact, I shared with my church, I have to confess to you, I'm a little disappointed. I'm not disappointed with God. I'm just a little disappointed because this annoying noise in my head that no one else can hear apart from me is still going. I don't know whether anyone else has ever had tinnitus, but you know what I'm talking about. Thank God, four days ago, it started to subside, and I believe that I am being healed, and I believe God is healing, and I believe I will be healed. But I have to confess to those last three months being three months where I've felt hopeless. I do believe God's speaking. I do believe God has allowed it to happen for a reason. I'm a bit of a control freak. And I like to be in control. I like to, to know, and I, I can't control this. <laughs> and, and as much as I've tried to diagnose it and, and say, oh, it's this, or, I don't have a clue, in all honesty. I have felt, to my shame, I have felt like giving in. I don't mean killing myself or anything like that, but I felt like running away. Because it's got so loud at times. It's not like turning the TV down. You can't control the volume. But God. And I knew that I was under attack. I knew I've been under attack. I know I've been under attack. I share this not to say how great I am because I'm not. (laughs) But to encourage you. Because if the enemy wants to attack you, he will attack you in this fourth way. Through this lack of hope. And put you in a place where there is no aspiration. There is no hope for the future. If that's you, if you have a similar story, then you're also being under attack. Number five, your carnal nature. Another sign we're under attack is when our old, bad, carnal lifestyle all of a sudden come back into our life. Smoking, excess drinking, cheating, lying, stealing, adultery, pornography, gossip, overeating, whatever it may be, these things that we once dealt with and had victory over all of a sudden come flooding back into our lives. And like the Israelites complaining about in the wilderness, they look back into their old ways of life and longing to be back there. Many of us at times long to be back in that place. And if that is the case, we've fallen into the trap today. Finally, six. We want to keep away from Christians. When old habits start tempting you, the next sign of spiritual attack is sure to follow. You want to pull away from church. If all these other things that I've mentioned, these five other things, have occurred in your life, the final one will be that. You want to pull away from church. Hebrews 10, 25. Do not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another, and all the more, as you see the day approaching. Have you pulled away from Christians? Have you pulled away in the past from church, your small group, whatever it may be, 
Are more and more of your friends worldly-minded than godly? Don't get me wrong. We are to, we're encouraged to be in the world, to have unbelieving friends. Of course, how are they to know the gospel if we're not their friend? I'm not saying we shouldn't spend time with non-Christians. But what I'm saying is, if you have more in common with them than you have with your Christian friends, then be careful. Be very, very careful. If you struggle to fellowship with believers, if you struggle to be in church or have struggled to be in church, be very careful. Because the enemy wants to isolate you. It's one of the other things that the enemy wants to do. He wants to make you feel isolated. He wants you to feel like you're on your own. He wants you to feel like I did a few weeks ago. No one else understands. No one else knows. No one else has ever had this. You're on your own. Because when you're on your own, the enemy can deal with you a lot easier than when we're together with the body of Christ. And so I urge you in 2023, do not stop coming to church. For whatever reason, however hard it may get, however tempted you may be to do this or to allow your kids to to join the, the soccer team or the netball team or whatever it may be, do not stop meeting together in person. Stay connected. So, church, are you under attack? Your appetite... You're tired, you're tempted, lack of inspiration, your calm nature, keeping you away from church. Are you under attack? If that is true, and I believe it's true for all of us to a lesser or greater degree, then we need a battle plan. We need a battle plan for 2023. And so here we go. Number one, very briefly. Number one, keep walking with God. Keep walking with God. Keep being with God. Be intentional about being and spending time with God. Prayer, worship, which is my second one. Keep praying and keep worshipping. So number one, keep walking with God. Number two, keep praying and keep worshipping. Don't stop praying and don't stop worshipping. Don't stop praying and don't stop worshipping. Keep on, keeping on. Number three, keep attending church. Keep attending church. This place is your power, is your place of power. This place is where you get encouragement. This place is where it's safe to share the stuff that you are struggling with. And when the enemy gives you ten reasons to stay at home, press in, get up, get out, and come to church. When he tempts you to take that job on a Sunday, don't take it. God will provide you another one. When that cold or that sore throat is telling you to stay in bed. Now I'm not saying if you've got COVID or or, or the flu. But if it's just a runny nose. Sorry pastor, I hope that's okay. If it's just a runny nose, get to church. (laughs) He says with a runny nose. When someone's coming to Sunday lunch and you think, how on earth am I going to be able to spend the time when I get back to church, so therefore I'm going to have to stay at home, make sure that they come back later in the afternoon for Sunday lunch. (laughs) 
When your Saturday night finishes late and you feel too tired to be at church, make sure your Saturday night doesn't finish late. (laughs) Why? Because it's where you get your strength from. It's where you get your strength from. It's the powerhouse. Not just Sunday mornings, but throughout the week, being in fellowship, being in church. Number four, keep on walking in love with one another. Your fourth battle plan. Keep on walking in love with one another. The enemy wants to divide and conquer. That's his his plan. Divide, conquer. Divide, conquer. we, We see it in marriage. Divide, conquer. We see it in families. Divide, conquer. We see it all over the place. We see it, unfortunately, in the church. Divide and conquer. My goodness me, I've been involved in one church split. I never, ever want to be involved in a church split. Ever, ever, ever. It's the most painful thing anyone has ever been through, I have to say. Make sure we walk in love with one another. He wants to get you alone, like I said earlier. And that's how Eve was deceived. He got her on his, her own. Lay the trap. Twisted God's words. Just like point three, don't allow Satan to get you on your own. We need people. We need one another. Walk in love with one another. And when you get offended with someone within church... And you will. I have three words for you. When that person brings great pain and sadness and distress and you get really offended with them, I've got three words for you. Get over it. You may say, Pastor, that's very harsh to say. You don't care about me. I do care about you. That's why I'm saying get over it. Because it isn't worth it. It isn't worth getting offended. Offense, in the words of John Bovia, is the bait of Satan. If you think about, I'm not a fisherman, but if you think about going fishing and you put the bait on, if you think of the bait being a fence and the fish coming and taking it, that's what happens. The bait of offense is hanging over all of us at times. And many times, far too often, we take it and we eat it. And we get offended. And before we know where we are, we're offended. We don't come to church. We, we, we say we're going to go to another church. We never do. Whatever it may be. But we need one another church. Fifthly. Fifthly and finally. Keep your eyes on the shepherd. Keep your eyes on the shepherd. The shepherd sees the wolf coming before you and stops the attack if you keep your eyes on the shepherd. If you listen to his voice. He sees the wolf coming. He sees the attack of the enemy and he will warn you and he will protect you. But keep your eyes on the shepherd and his under-shepherds. The shepherd's staff has a crook, has a hook on the end, used to pull a lamb out of danger. His rod was used as a weapon against predators. Too often, far too often, as a pastor, as an under-shepherd, I have witnessed people about to be attacked, whom I desperately wanted to help, who refused to listen, 
and then got bitten and devoured by the wolf. Do not wait until your enemy is tearing you apart. Listen to your under-shepherds. Listen to your pastors. Listen to your leadership. Seek their help. Seek their advice. They are there to help you. They are there to shepherd you. My friends, there is a fight. There is a war. Our enemy is cunning. He knows how to blindside us. He knows how to catch us off guard. Which is why Paul says in 1 Peter 5 to 8, Be alert. Be of sober mind. Because your enemy prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's prowling around looking for someone to devour. We must arm ourselves against and not allow ourselves to give in to his schemes. As we move forward into 2023 and the blessings that God has for us, let us as a church, let us as an individual be alert, stand firm, and as I always say, keep on keeping on. Let me pray. Father, I'm aware that for many of us, in fact probably for all of us here in this room this morning, we have been or maybe are under attack right now. I just want to pray, Father God, that each one of us today would be aware of the attack that we're in. That we would ensure that our appetite for you is fundamentally important in our lives. That we keep on being hungry for you. We keep on seeking your face. Lord God, that you help us ensure that we get enough rest and that we are not tired spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically. You guard us against being so busy. The Lord, you'd help us to resist temptation. Lord, you'd help us to keep the hope of Jesus alive in our hearts. And whatever comes at us, whatever physical or, or mental or emotional or, or, or spiritual attack comes, we will keep on having the hope of Jesus and having that aspiration to follow Jesus. Lord God, that we would be aware of the carnal nature, the sinful nature that so easily enables us to fall into sin. That we would keep coming and being committed to your church. That, Father God, as our battle plan, we would keep walking with you. That, Father God, we keep praying, we keep worshipping, we keep on attending church. We keep our eyes on the shepherd. That we would be alert. That we would stand firm. And that we would keep on keeping on in 2023. I pray for your blessing upon each one of us, Father God, as we aim to do this. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.